Uh, I got a 130 foot uh, auger, um, and the auger's uh, reaching up. Uh, it's going to be about 70 feet in the air, and it's going up to the top of a, a grain bin. And so, you know, as I backed that in there today, we pulled it out of the field, we, we greased it, uh, or pulled it out of the shed, excuse me, we greased it, brought it over here to the grain bin site, and we raised it up in the air. And as I raised it up in the air to go vertical, one thing I thought about was foundation. Uh, foundation is key. Uh, we had to widen out the wheels on that auger, so we had a good foundation as we approached uh, the peak of the grain bin. One, two. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Vertical Podcast. Uh, we are super excited for this week. We're joined by Brandon Keithley, um, who uh, I think his technical title is an executive administrator, but he kind of does a little bit of everything, um, wears lots of hats, and uh, works uh, with uh, Charles Herbster in the Conklin, Conklin Company and uh, Herbster Angus Farms and probably multiple other businesses um, and so we're really excited to talk to him about uh, seasons right now he's sitting in the hay shed um, doing some farming and so it's a great time to talk about seasons and also maybe a little bit about just what it takes to to run a um, successful organization with that being said gentlemen are you ready to go vertical let's go All right. let's do it great Warren how about a tip, tip of the week to kick us off. Yeah. So today I actually was out uh, working with a couple young guys and we're here in, you know, cold weather, Wisconsin. We're kind of winding down our roofing business and I took two young, it was too cold today and windy to spray the, the roofs. And so I took a couple of our young installers out and we went door knocking, looking for more work. We just went door to door in a town that we haven't done a lot of work in and I was trying to make some connections there. And so I was, we were talking and we're like, man, we're booked for the year. Why are we out here, you know, drumming up new business? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight with Brandon is harvest. Um, so we're in the middle of our harvest, but we're actually planting because we had the time to plant. And it's a little different than farming, but in business, uh, my tip of the week is to n never stop planting. No matter how busy you are, never stop marketing, never stop building relationships, keep planting. So we were out there and we actually got on a roof, a really nice roof today. And, uh, you know, it's a perfect scenario because he probably doesn't want to do anything for another six to eight months, he said. So mm -hmm. it's really cool. Um, so just a, a challenge to you guys to go out there today and um, plant some seeds for your 2023 season. Yeah. Love it. It's a great tip. That's awesome advice. Well, like I mentioned, uh, Brandon Keithley's joining us. Thanks so much for taking some time. Uh, Brandon, I don't know you are always busy, but we're really grateful um, for an opportunity to sit down and chat with you. Um, <clears throat> so just uh, some questions to kick it off and get to know you a little bit. Uh, like I said, you kind of, I think, wear lots of hats, but can you describe uh, what you do in a sentence or two or give us your elevator pitch? <laughs> uh, I hope it's a couple of a floor elevator right here. Um, <laughs> Nick, I do a lot of different things. Um, I have uh, the pleasure of working for Charles Herbster. Uh, Charles owns the Conklin Company, and I am the executive administrator of the Conklin Company. Um, I've been uh, working for Charles since I was 19. I've been with him almost 10 years, and uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, being mentored by him. 
throughout these years. And uh, when I came back to work for Charles, I, I kind of started working for him and I left. When I came back, um, I had the opportunity to wear a lot of different hats. And uh, I love that because uh, going back to your guys' podcasts and hearing about seasons kind of lit me up. Um, I love seasons. I love changing uh, my focus. I think if we kind of reinvent our focus and reinvent our season every so many months, it keeps us fresh. Um, and so I had the opportunity to not only be the Conklin Executive Administrator, um, I, I lead the uh, ProAg uh, training series, um, basically a 20-stop training series across the country uh, in the months of December, January, and February uh, to talk about agriculture and uh, precision agriculture. And then uh, one of my, my favorite hats to wear is the hat I'm wearing today, my, my dirty farm hat here. Um, I'm sitting in the hay, the hay field as uh, we just started, or hay shed, excuse me, as we just started um, harvest uh, today. So I'm waiting for the guys to bring me another truckload of corn. But it's, uh, I get the opportunity to wear a lot of different hats, and that keeps me uh, sometimes scrambled, uh, but sometimes it just really energizes me. Uh, you talked about seasons, and I'd like to kind of dive into that for just a split second. You know, today's the beginning of harvest season. And uh, for me, harvest uh, or, or a different season kind of lights me up because uh, today's the beginning. Today's exciting. Today is new. Uh, but, you know, Warren is talking about the end of their season up there. And, you know, you're kind of exhausted. You're worn out. Why are you looking for new work? Why do we want to look at the for, the for the next season? You know, let's just get through this one and, and be over with it. So um, every season has its uh, its pros. Every season has its cons. And, uh you know, I look forward to every season that I get the opportunity to, to work through. So uh, uh, back to you, Nick. Awesome. That's great. That's so great. Uh, what, do you, what do you spend most of your time doing day to day? Every day is different. Um, this time of the year, uh, I am at the farm. Uh, I'm in Fall City, Nebraska. Uh, we're farming uh, about 3,000 acres uh, between our corn, our soreens, our alfalfa, and our hay ground. Uh, got right around 800 head of cattle uh, the guys feed every day my focus is the crops um, so uh, to me this is kind of uh, the most exciting part of the year as we pull our crops off and we kind of get the chance to, to really look into what we did right this year what we did wrong what we can do better for next year um, so it's it's really kind of a, a little bit of a gut-wrenching season you know it's one of those things you're excited to start the season uh, we get another 30 days in here uh, we'll be excited to finish the season <laughs> Uh, they're usually some long days. Uh, so like today, perfect example, uh, we got quite a few things going. We got a construction project going in town that I got my hands on. Um, I had some uh, phone calls with some Conklin staff today uh, to take care of uh, some, some corporate uh, things with our fertilizer program uh, as, as I kind of manage that part of things. And then uh, I'm, I'm a truck driver. So uh, I'll be in the truck here for the next 45 days and uh, hauling corn. So every day looks different for me, Nick. Yeah, that's wow. awesome. It's amazing. It keeps it fun, though. Do a little something different. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, this is one of become one of our favorite questions to ask. But what is one thing that keeps you awake at night? I'll be honest. I don't really have a whole lot of time uh, uh, to sleep, so <laughs> nothing keeps me awake at night. <laughs> um, we heard a similar answer a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, I'm a, I like, I like visionary thinking. Uh, I like looking to the future and, you know, as we dive into harvest season, 
Uh, one thing specific is, okay, what, what's the next season and how are we going to be prepared for it? Um, because there's nothing else we can do to be prepared for this season. Um, and so as I think about the future and I think about big picture, uh, you know, there's days it does keep me awake. Um, what does the future hold? How are we going to be prepared? Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it, I often just go back to the fact that, you know, if we leave it into God's hands, um, that makes it kind of easy. So big picture is one of those things. Um, probably the, the single largest thing that keeps me awake at night is the weather. <laughs> uh, everything that we do is, is weather-based. Um, so whether it's going to be an easy week or a hard week is dependent on the weather. You know, um, there's, uh, we, we, we just got done going through six weeks of drought. And uh, we just got a really nice inch of rain last weekend. And, you know, it puts the nerves at ease. Uh, it's very hard to look on to the next season um, as, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of pre-sell season. Um, I've said season about 300 times here. Uh, so uh, the seed companies are starting to reach out and they want us to make our fertilizer sales. The, uh, the chemical companies have started to reach out and want us to book our chemical. Uh, and we haven't even pulled our crop out of the ground yet this year. So it's kind of hard to, to analyze uh, our results. Uh, whereas we, we, uh, it's, it's already time and we get the best discount if we do everything now. So probably a lack of planning is my biggest, uh, probably my biggest thing that keeps me awake at night. It's just the idea of, of not putting enough details and, and pre-thought into certain things, uh, projects, tasks, uh, and of course, uh, our season as we go into, into, uh, different seasons throughout the year here. So, yeah. So what do you like to do when you're not working, if there's such a thing? <laughs> um, you know what, Nick? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a weird guy. When I'm not working, I like to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just, it, it was just uh, Sunday I woke up, and uh, Ashley and I were kind of planning our day here, and uh, we have church. Uh, well, we have a couple options for church, so we had church at 7 o'clock, and and anyways, I looked throughout my day, the weather was beautiful. And so, uh, you know, I, I sat down on my computer for two or three hours uh, in the morning, and then I found myself back in the field. Uh, it's one of those things, it's, it's kind of in my blood. Uh, we had a new shiny piece of equipment, uh, one of our neighbors left in our field. So I've been playing in his bulldozer uh, the last week or so here. And, and so it's one of those things, even, even on my spare time, uh, I'm, I'm a little dysfunctional. Uh, I, I love going uh, fishing. Um, I, I love spending time more uh, with people fishing more than I, I love actually catching fish. Yep. Um, and, uh, I'm a big snow skier, big water sports person. Mm. So I love snow skiing. I love water skiing. Um, and I love shooting guns. So I've got a few pastimes, but I'm, I'm a lot better at work than I am, uh, some of my pastimes <laughs> there, but I, I believe life is about balance. Uh, I think it's important to, uh, to have different areas of life, different, uh, you know, it all goes back to the season concept. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this time of the year, my wife knows that I won't be home until nine o'clock at night. And she knows I'll walk out the door at, at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, basically until it rains. Um, and so that's just part of, part of life and part of how we live. Uh, but it comes and it goes and uh, it kind of serves as a pastime in a way, you know, because we look forward to this part of the year all year long. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing a little bit and helping our listeners get to know you a little bit better. And um, yeah, we're excited for this. We One of our, our 
first episodes, and that was kind of what you were alluding to, was about, actually it might have been the first episode, was about the seasons of life. Um, and it's something that Warren and I had actually discussed uh, talking about again as we're kind of hitting that change of season. And so um, I'm glad that you're so fired up about, about seasons and excited <laughs> to talk about it because I think it is a really timely, timely subject to get into um, again. Um, and Warren, I know you had uh, some things to dig into with the seasons too. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I uh, really appreciate you hopping on here tonight, Brandon. And uh, it is about nine o'clock right now, and I know we all have families and things to do. And it's it's interesting because Brandon said when he's not working, he likes to work. And I know when when people say that, I know they love what they do, and I know that they love their job at least for the most part, and they're excited and they're passionate. So I love hearing that. If somebody can't wait till that five o'clock on Friday afternoon, you know, I usually know they don't really enjoy their job. So it's cool to hear that from you. But anyways, tonight. You know, we're going to talk a lot about farming because Brandon's on the farm tonight, but a lot of what he has to share, I know we could put into our roofing companies. A lot of our listeners either own roofing companies, but we have to have other people that listen too that own real estate agencies, or I don't know. We have a lot of very unique listeners, mm-hmm. uh, but when when we see somebody land a huge roof job or have a record year of yield in their farm, um, that didn't come by accident. You know, a great harvest does not come by accident. So what I'd like to dig into a little bit tonight, yes, we're going to talk about seasons, but you guys are harvesting. You're starting your harvest season tonight. But let's talk a little bit about what led up to that. So let's talk first about planting, and then let's talk about the in-between part. So whatever goes between planting and harvest and what we can do to prepare for a great harvest. So um, a lot of us roofers right now are doing the same thing. We're buying the seed and we're getting ready. We're figuring out where we're going to market for next year. That's our that's our season we're going into. As soon as it's too cold to spray roofs, we're buying seed and we're actually planting some of that. So I'd like um, if you can think of some things that you could compare, you know, preparing the farmland, figuring out what you're going to plant. Like how does a farmer decide if he's going to plant corn or soybeans? That was one question I want to ask Brandon because I have no idea how they figure this out. But what, what makes you decide? Because I watch my neighbors, and one year he'll plant beans, and then he'll do corn like three years in a row, it seems like, and then back to corn uh, or back to beans. So how do you how do you decide what to plant and where to plant it? Well, uh, that's that's a, a wonderful question. A little bit loaded to a certain point. Uh, sorry, there's probably a little background noise. There's some cars driving by. Um, when we look at our crops and we look at planting uh, from an agronomy perspective here, it's all based off of our soil test. So um, it starts with what I call kind of the analyzing stage. Uh, you know, we look at the field, say, okay, what was it planted into last year? How did it yield? Uh, and then how does that fit into our operations? So the reason that you see fields go from corn to soybeans and, and back and forth is there's different nutrients that those plants utilize uh, year in, year out. And uh, so, you know, we can we can switch back and forth and basically – Uh, Mother Nature will provide for us more nutrients, and so we don't have to fertilize as much. Hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I go back to the analyzation phase, okay? So, uh, from a crop perspective, uh, what did we do last year? Uh, How did we get where we're at? Um, You know, right now, I'm already thinking about maintenance, okay? How do we maintain, you know, uh, where we are? You guys talk about roofing. I think about you guys kind of wrapping up your season, uh, you know, taking inventories, getting equipment cleaned up, putting things away. Um, I believe that maintenance is incredibly necessary. Uh, you know, some people, uh, one of the guys last week took off and went on vacation for a couple of days. 
Uh, one of the guys that reports to me asked, you know, if he could take a vacation here in January um, uh, that, uh, that runs uh, one of our fertilizer operations. And I believe vacation is incredibly important because it gives us the chance to reflect just a little bit um, before we start to prepare for the next season. So, uh, you know, when we go through, we analyze our crop, uh, we, we kind of look at and say, okay, uh, for instance, the field behind me uh, didn't yield necessarily outstandingly well, uh, but it's been corn on corn on corn. So it's been kind of uh, the nutrients have been pulled out of it over years and years. Uh, it gets cows on it a heavy amount of the time when it's not growing a crop, literally from the week before we plant it to the week after we plant it, there'll be cows out there. So uh, it, it gets, uh, it definitely gets pulled hard on nutrients. And so we're, we're actually planning that conversation right now. Do we plant it back to soybeans? Uh, do we take it back to corn? Uh, it has value in corn because of the cows, of course, uh, and the location of this field. So every field's unique. Um, but uh, like I say, that's kind of the analyzation phase. So then let's jump over into planting. Let's say we're going to plant uh, soybeans uh, or, or corn, either or. We have to provide ourselves with the adequate nutrients or in, in business and life here, uh, the adequate tools. Uh, we have to have the right things in place for us to have a successful growing season. So if it's uh, corn, nitrogen uh, is, is usually your largest input. Um, if, uh, you know, there might be some tillage that's necessary, some preparation that goes into uh, kind of preparing ourselves for the season, the growing season. So uh, we, we select those nutrients. Um, and then, you know, it's one of those things my grandfather always said, 90% of what you can do for your crop is at planting. Uh, so it's all about getting the seeds into the ground in a timely manner. Uh, we don't want the ground to be too wet. Uh, you know, if the ground's powdery dry and we plant, we get a heavy rain. Um, I, I go back to, to talking to Nick about what keeps me awake at night. Uh, there's, there's a pretty stressful period in there for about 45 days where you just want to get it out. It's kind of like right now. Uh, the last thing we want to do is see a great big wind uh, to, to leave that crop laying on the ground for us this time of the year. So in the springtime, especially, you know, we want uh, good, easy rains, uh, you know, once every two weeks. That way we can get everything in in a timely, efficient manner. Uh, so, uh, but then after that, uh, you know, once you get those seeds planted, uh, it's all about nurturing and, and kind of pushing that crop. And, and again, back to maintenance. I think maintenance is a really important part of every business, uh, whether it's a roofing business or a farming business or, or any business, I think uh, adequate amounts of maintenance throughout the season, whether it's financial or whether it's technical maintenance, like working on your vehicles or something like that, I think that can really set you up. So we'll maintain that crop, we'll give it nutrients, we'll analyze it some more, and we'll push it all the way through. And at a certain point, it's in Mother Nature's hands. Uh, you know, if she gives us the rains at the right times, so we had a wonderful spring this year. It rained and rained and rained up until about the second week in August and the rain shut off. We were headed for a record growing season and uh, it shut off at the worst possible mm -hmm. time. And, uh, you know, a little stress early on will actually push the crop. You know, uh, it, uh, it's one of those things. But if you get it too late, uh, it'll just kind of break your crop. So we'll have an average year. Uh, it won't be an outstanding year, but it'll be a good average year. Um, and, and we'll make the best do with it and we'll learn from it and we'll set ourselves better up for next year. So it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's one of those things you, you, you prepare, you kind of execute, you assess, and then you relax and prepare again for the next round. Wow. I, I wrote a bunch of that stuff down. I can, <laughs> like my head's just spinning. Um, you know, like in roofing, you said 90% is planting. So let's take it over to roofing business or, or whatever you're doing. Nick, Nick has a digital marketing company, but 90% of our, the results of our harvest are going to be the fact that we have to plant and we have to plant mm -hmm. like what he was saying. 
but analyzing, you know, we have to analyze the market. My, my brother and I do this every spring. We look at like, how did direct mail work for us last year? How did door knocking work? How did digital marketing work? And we have to go analyze that and we have to plant according and market according. So that's really cool. Analyzing it. And then the, the nurturing, I was thinking of follow up. Like if we do bid on a roof job, if we do put out a quote, if we start a relationship, like going out and checking on that and seeing how, seeing how the plants are doing and, and giving it rain, giving it the fertilizer that it needs. So really cool. I really appreciate that. So let's talk about the harvest. Um, how timely is the harvest? How much of a window do you guys have? So um, in Wisconsin, we have a really tight window for roofing. We have about seven months, but in the fall season, um, it is really, really easy to capture roof bids if we know what we're doing. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about the actual harvest and how important it is with the timing of it um, and what it takes to get it done. Well, uh, that's interesting. I didn't think about the fact that there's a, an ideal time to capture bids in your guys' part of the country. You know, I guess, I guess in, uh, you know, back to the weather, I think about any time it rains is probably a good day for yeah. a roofer uh, because it's just one of those things that's definitely a need. And, uh, uh, you know, as a farmer, it's one of those things. Uh, we need the rain, but, you know, we also need food. So we're in a, in a pretty sustainable business. Um, so uh, when we think about harvest, uh, you know, I can go into agronomy for days and days, kind of like you guys can talk about roofing for days and days. Uh, we're after an ideal moisture. Uh, we're after ideal temperature. Um, I, I, I take, take that back. For the crop, basically, we're after an ideal moisture. Um, we want to harvest that crop right around 15 to 17 moisture. Then we can put it in our grain bins and store it. Uh, when we cool that down, uh, we'll actually kind of chill that in the grain bins down to like 30, 40 degrees. And when we do that, it actually loses moisture. Uh, and so uh, the ideal marketing uh, storage moisture is actually 15%. And uh, the ideal moisture when we take it to the elevator is 15%. If it has more water in that, it, than that, then we actually get docked. Mm. Um, so um, there's kind of an ideal range there in, in regards to that. But uh, it's one of those things... Uh, the season always starts slow, uh, you know, and maybe that's for you guys too. It's one of those deals that's been so dry here. Everybody's been kind of chewing at their fingertips, talking about uh, getting started, getting started. Um, usually about the 1st of September, there are some of the early guys, the aggressive growers in the area, they'll get started. Uh, we're a little bit, uh, you know, it's one of those things you're analyzing your crop. Uh, we've been watching the, the green leaves. We've been watching the ears of corn kind of turn. Um, from, from vertical to, uh, to, I guess, the opposite of vertical. <laughs> um, as, as they fall all the way down, they start to dry out. So, uh, you know, when the ears are no longer vertical, it's time to start paying attention and, and going from there. So um, we, we jumped into a field today. It's running 14% moisture. So we were able to kind of dive in feet first, go hard. Uh, and then, you know, tomorrow we could hit a field that hits 18% moisture. So we'll, we'll have to find a different field and, and try to keep moving along mm -hmm. with our harvest. So, uh, you know, much like roofing, much like when you guys, uh, you might hit a roadblock, uh, you might hit an unideal temperature, you might hit uh, a muddy field, whatever it could be. As you guys hit these roadblocks, you just have to, to you know, adjust and assess and, and re-execute. Uh, I, I heard this awesome quote once and uh, from, from Liz McEwen, and she said, you know, all disappointment comes from expectations. And, uh, you know, if we have if we look back and say, well, what were we expecting? Usually we can say, okay, that's why I'm disappointed. So you can go back and, and you know, 
maybe you won't be so disappointed if you just kind of think about those expectations and were they realistic or were they ideal? And, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's the same way here. Um, we, we expect beautiful uh, 50 degree mornings and 70 degree days uh, for approximately 45 days. <laughs> uh, we, we, I, I have spent days in uh, Carhartt coveralls and uh, 30 degree temps, uh, 15, 10 degree temps. Uh, harvesting. So, you know, uh, it, we just got to make the best. Yeah, time. absolutely. And I think um, talking again about business, like he was talking about his moisture and like the tight window there. And I, I've talked to, to our crew about this, like our ideal customer and our ideal roofing project and then, and how much more profitable we are when we're there. And it's interesting because when we bid certain types of projects, we get docked too. same ads because our profit margins fall because we're not, we're not set up. We don't have the correct equipment. We don't have the right manpower the knowledge when we tackle a job that you know we shouldn't be tackling it's not within that 15 to 17 percent window and so i had to think of that as a roofer you know at least be aware of your sweet spot be aware of your market of of the best customer possible of the best roofing project possible and then go look for it i'm sure brandon did a lot of testing and and they're testing all day today looking for the perfect you know the perfect moisture content and as a roofer as a business owner we got to find our ideal customer so yeah this is this is so good like just thinking like it's i i love it and I, I knew it would be this way but i i love the comparison and and even the bible talks a ton about like it uses the seasons and planting and harvesting as like jesus used it uh, a lot of a lot of the bible is actually referring to the seasons of planting and harvesting so it's really neat to think about that and the plant you know coming up and and that's really how we are that's one thing we talk about and now i'm gonna talk turn this back to nick but we talk about going vertical with our life so you're a plant brand and i'm a plant and nick is a plant and so we're growing um can you talk a little bit about growth like what are some things that help you grow as an individual obviously you have an education you're extremely professional you're very motivated you're very passionate but what are some things that have helped you grow from, you know, growing up on a farm in a small town at Fall City, Nebraska, to where you are today? What, how did, what made you grow as a, as a plant, as a person? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when I sit back and I think, uh, Ed Rydell uses a phrase, and I love this phrase. Sometimes I didn't love it so much, but uh, there was one time we were working on something, he kind of looked at me and he said, you know, he said, I've been your age, you've never been mine. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I got a couple of siblings, you know, that are 19 and 20 years old, or I guess they're 18 and 19 years old. And, you know, they're, they're going through the seasons of life and, you know, everything seems to be moving so fast and so extreme. And, uh, you know, we look back at those days and think about how glorious those years were and, and where we are now. And it's one of those things, uh, uh, money can't buy experience. And, and that's probably one of my greatest, uh, my greatest gifts is just experience. Um, you know, my dad was a farmer, so I had the pleasure of riding with him in a truck and not a day goes by, uh, when I'm, when I'm driving a truck, uh, you, you know, just earlier today, I, I reached in to start the truck and I shook, uh, the, the, uh, uh shifter, uh, the same way my dad did, uh, you know, you sh shake it a little bit, make sure it's in neutral before you fire it up. And, uh, that's a sweet memory. Uh, but it's one of those experiences, you know, I, uh, when I was riding with him at six, seven, eight years old, I didn't think about that fact uh, that, you know, it's something you carry with mm. yourself for your whole life. 
And uh, so, you know, uh, experience is huge. You talked about going vertical. Uh, you guys can't see it. It's out here in the dark. Uh, I got a 130-foot uh, auger, um, and the auger's uh, reaching up. Uh, it's going to be about 70 feet in the air, and it's going up to the top of a, a grain bin. And so, you know, as I backed that in there today, we pulled it out of the field, we, we greased it, uh, or pulled it out of the shed, excuse me, we greased it, brought it over here to the grain bin site, and we raised it up in the air. And as I raised it up in the air to go vertical, one thing I thought about was foundation. Uh, foundation is key. Uh, we had to widen out the wheels on that auger, so we had a good foundation as we approached uh, the peak of the grain bin. Uh, foundation is really, really important. Uh, you know, approach is also important. You know, I, uh, I did some blading last week and I left a little bit of a rough spot in the gravel. So as I hit that rough spot in the gravel, you know, my auger 130 feet out there is swinging back and forth just a little bit, mm. swaying. And uh, so it's one of those things you're going to hit bumps. They're going to make you sway. And, uh, and so then, you know, you get it set. And it's, it's always nerve wracking because you haven't ran it for a whole year. So you got to remember, you know, all the things that you did last year. By the end of the season, you know, there was somebody up on top of the auger guiding me in as, as we went vertical here. But uh, we get to the end of the season. I'll be back in the groove. I'll be able to do it all by myself. I'll never have to get out of the tractor. I'll be, uh, I'll be pretty consistent, you know, once we get back in the groove. So I think that's always the important thing is to remember, you know, where we're at. Uh, are we prepared? And then, you know, what's our foundation look like? But, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, so we get the auger going, okay? And uh, I get a truck pulled over and I'm, I'm starting to run it. And uh, you got to get things oiled up. You got to get things shined up, actually. The, the augers will rust over uh, the, the fall and the summer. And so we put less corn in it to start because there's going to be friction from that rust. And we start slow and we let mm. it get shined up, we call it. Um, so as we get shined up, we can start going full capacity. We can handle more. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling away and we're, we're going good here. Um, and so it's one of those things, you know, you, you don't want to break a shear bolt. You don't want to kind of hit a point of tension and, and break and, and have to kind of reassess. And so anyway, so we're going good, okay? Well, then I get on the phone with you guys. And about that time, uh, one of my coworkers is kind of helping me fill the truck. And uh, it was a simple mistake. Uh, but, but basically, we ran the auger kind of low on corn. And when we did that, uh, some corn sprayed on the ground. Okay, so we're going to have some spills. And, and that's just part of it. He, he was texting me right as we got started this podcast. And he said, ah, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I just texted him back. I said, it's good for my back. Uh, so we'll scoop that up in the morning. It'll be just fine. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have mm -hmm. some spills in life. And, you know, uh, it, it's one of those deals. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, I was disappointed. But then it's like, you know, I, I knew we were going to have some spills this year. That's just part of it. I just didn't <laughs> think it was going to be the first day. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know, there's just so many different lessons in life. And uh, it's one of those deals. I, I started, uh, I was cleaning last or yesterday when I was sitting at my desk, supposed to be getting caught up on some stuff. I was doing a little cleaning and I found this notebook and it was a little bit of a journal. And I was thinking about your tip of the day. And uh, I had written down in that journal, um, you know, just, just little daily thoughts. And I think that's really, really important for people is to, to maybe sit down every day and journal where we're at. Uh, you know, it only had maybe it's just a thought, you know, uh, I might write in there, you know, uh, going vertical, uh, the vertical podcast. I might talk about expectations and harvests and seasons, you know, uh, but I think it gives us a good point of reflection. And it's something we can come back and learn, you know, as I was reading stuff that I wrote mm -hmm. in there four years ago. I'm not a very consistent journaler, but uh, I think there's a lot of value in kind of uh, assessing every day and documenting stuff just a little bit 
so that we can learn and, and move forward and just keep on getting better at our task. Um, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure getting to farm and do this. You know, you grow up around it your whole life. Uh, you do so many things and it's, it's always, uh, it's always really fun to get to share what I'm doing with other people, uh, because you don't realize how much, you know, and how lucky you are to, to get to do those tasks. Uh, but it's all about being better. You know, I want to be the best I can possibly be. I want to be a specialist. I want to be an expert. Um, you know, uh, in my field and in my trade. So that's kind of kind of one of my questions uh, that I always ask myself is how am I an expert? Uh, and if not, how do I become more of an expert in my field of, of I work? I love it. So you had talked a little bit about, um, you know, watching your dad and talked a little bit about Ed Riddle and spending time with people who are more experienced than you. So that's one thing we can do as business owners is spend time with mentors, people who have more experience than us. But then otherwise, it's just go out, learn to ride the bike, you know, just go do it. Just go experience it. Um, yes. Yes. Learn from others, but get out there and just experience it. I kept hearing that when you were talking is like how important it is. Just go do it. So uh, Nick, I'm going to turn it back to you a little bit. I know you wanted to ask him a couple questions yet. I don't know how much more time you have, Brandon, but um, Nick had a couple questions on team and, and what it takes to, you know, put together a team and, and work as a team. So I'm going to let him pick your brain on that for a bit. So yeah, we'll see if we <clears throat> we get to that because um, I had written down something, Brandon, that you said early on, and that every field is unique. Um, mm. So if we can stay on harvest for just a second, because that stood out to me. Um, obviously, you know, you think of every farm being unique, but then to even dial it in to where every field is unique is something I hadn't really considered as a non-farmer. Um, that you got to look at each, you know, plot as its kind of own thing and assess it separately. Um, and I think that's really important to remember because it's easy to look at other people and say, oh, I wish I could do what they're doing um, or I wish I could be like that business owner or whatever. Um, and so remembering that that every field is unique. So I, I don't know if there's anything you maybe want to expound on that about just um, keeping that perspective of, of treating everything as its own thing and, and really um, giving it the you know, what it needs to thrive, um, in its individuality. Well, uh, there's, there's a lot to that question that I can unpack and, and, uh, you know, you might end up chopping up this, uh, podcast if I go too much longer here. Uh, wh when I think about each field, every field is very unique and, uh, the field I'm standing here at the edge of tonight, uh, like I say, it, it gets more wear and tear than a lot of our fields do because of location. Ironically, uh, the boys are across the railroad tracks about 400 yards to the east of me, and that field gets absolutely zero wear and tear. It's back in a hole. It's behind the railroad tracks. It's behind a creek. Uh, we literally go over there about three times a year, uh, once to plant, once to harvest, and yep. once to spray it. <laughs> um, and so it's one of those things, you know, even in that field, it's 15 acres, okay? It's very small. Uh, you would think it's insignificant. But it's really not uh, because even in that 15 acres, there's a couple different types of soil. Uh, there's there's a bottom. There's a, a side of the hill. The side of the hill has less nutrients. The bottom, uh, the corn is just super tall and thick and over 200 bushels. And the stuff up on the side of the hill where it's a little bit lighter soil, uh, there's less yield. And uh, it's one of those things. Yes, each field's unique, but it's all about how you nurture it, how you take care of it. 
Um, you know, for us, it's about inputs. Maybe we put less inputs in those spots that, uh, you know, won't yield as much, and we put more inputs in the spots that will. When I think about roofers and I think about your guys' business, you have to you have to know your numbers, uh, and I could dive into that for, for an hour, talking about numbers and how important they are and, and how uh, the numbers usually paint the real picture uh, when we look at our businesses and we look what we're doing. Sometimes we're not focused on the right things uh, because we're not looking at the right numbers. And uh, and so anyway, it's, it's just one of those things. We've got to know our numbers and know where to spend our time and where to nurture. Uh, but, you know, you talk about uniqueness. Uh, that's a huge part of the team process. Uh, you know, I work with uh, I work with some awesome guys, and uh, you could say I run the farm here. Um, I work for Charles. Charles is very hands-on, so it's one of those things. It's not that I'm the boss and everybody reports to me. We all work together. Uh, Charles gives us orders, and it's one of those things. I sit in an interesting situation. I'm 29 years old. Um, I work with uh, one, two, three, four, five people that are over the age of 50, uh, and one person that's younger than me. Uh, and we're a small team, but it's one of those deals. Everything has to be done through diplomacy and through teamwork. Um, I can't come in and say, hey, go do that. Um, it's one of those deals. We have to work through it together, and we have to say, okay, this is necessary for the survival of the team. Uh, this is what leadership and ownership want. Uh, there's a lot of different components to it. Um, but the team is, is really an important part of it because we spend so much time together. Um, I believe if you prepare and you build your teams correctly, that is the secret to, to the future. Uh, that is the secret to being a thriving, successful business. Um, you talked about, you know, uh, looking at other people and, and being like, you know, uh, you know, I wish I could do that. But the fact of the matter is, uh, everybody kind of has their role. It's kind of funny. Uh, Tom is running the combine. And when you're running the combine, it is basically white knuckle, full focused, um, absolute attention. I, I've never ran a spray rig, but I would assume when you're spray coating roofs, uh, you are fully focused yep. and you have one job. Your job's not to mess with the right hose. On. Your job's not to mess with the barrels at the bottom of the rope. Uh, your job is to focus 100%. on spraying. Am I correct? You're so right. And, uh, and, and, and and I would love you to school me on that here in just a second, okay? So so Tom's combining, and he climbs in that combine. It's funny, you know, because we keep the trucks moving. Every once in a while, uh, we get to certain fields. The corn's really good. You know, the combine will get ahead, and he'll get to stop. And uh, and and we'll, we'll pull up, and we're like, hey, Tom, you need fuel. You need grease. You need something. And he's like, no, I just need to stand up. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to stretch my legs. I've been in there for six or seven hours. I haven't gotten up. <laughs> Uh, but it's an exhausting job. It's, it's, uh, you know, for most farmers, it's the funnest job on the entire operation mm-hmm. is getting to sit in that combine. Uh, you know, but it wouldn't be for me. Uh, you've probably already figured out I don't sit still very well. Um, and so it's one of those things. I love my job because I'm running the semis. Uh, I got two semis I get to drive. I got a tractor. I'm, I'm putting corn in. Um, I can even break away and do other things if I'm ahead of schedule like I'm doing right now. And so it's one of those things about knowing everybody's role and how important their role is. Because it's one of those things, uh, I can pick on Monty a little bit. Monty's sitting in the grain cart. To me, I always thought growing up that was the best job. Because all you got to do is sit in the grain cart, go get the corn. You don't have to get out. You don't have to be in the elements. You don't have to be white knuckle. Um, He could literally sit there and snack for like 10 to 12 hours a day. 
but on the same token, I would get exhausted. I would get bored. He does sit there and snack. There's more <laughs> snacks in that tractor uh, than the concession stand at a football game. Um, <laughs> I call it the concession stand tractor. Uh, uh, he's got little ho-hos and string cheese and summer sausage and uh, he's got three different kinds of soda and bottles of water. I mean, he, he, it's, it's awesome. Monty's awesome. But I couldn't do his job. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get frustrated with people because you think they've got it easier than you. They've got it made. Uh, but but you got to ask yourself, you know, what, what I want to do, what he does, uh, is that the right role for me? And it goes back to being grateful for kind of where we're at and, and, and what our role is. So um, it's one of those things. It's a lot of fun. We have a really awesome team here. Uh, we, we work hard together. We have fun together. Um, we have, we have tough days. We have, we have good days and bad days like everybody and everybody's team, but it's all about figuring out where your team is at. Uh, is everybody in the right role? You know, I think that's something that I see a lot of times that's, you know, maybe not correct. People have the wrong person, the wrong role on their team. Uh, you know, I could say Warren's really, really bad at this task. Well, that's just because that task is not meant for him. And, uh, you know, I, I think about the education system, our schools, you know, and how we educate our kids. And uh, I was not a good student. It uh, doesn't mean I was a bad worker or, or bad at, you know, a lot of other things. I just wasn't a good student. Um, I, I wasn't good at focusing and sitting still. And so it's all about finding your, uh, your role because we each have an incredible set of talents. And it's about figuring out those talents. I'll tell you what, Nick, if you sat me in front of a computer with you building a website, I'd be good for about two and a half minutes. And... You think I'm joking, but my wife has built an incredible blog website. And uh, when she talks about stuff, I just glaze over. I love it. This is, yeah. that is, that is so awesome. And that's one thing, like I took two of my installers out today to work on some sales training and do some things. Cause like, we're looking, we're looking for talent. And I love, not to interrupt Nick, where you were going with this, but like, I love the idea of like, if Brandon thinks, you know, Monty's being all about snacks in his tractor. Well, maybe we need to put Brandon in that tractor for about six hours. See how he likes it. So, like, I think it's very, very important for everyone on the team to, like, understand each role and, like, appreciate the person in that role. So, yeah, I mean, on our crew, Philip's spraying the foam. James, and he gets to do the, the fun job. Exactly. Everybody thinks it's the most fun job. But he's got a whole team around him that makes him look good. He's got people moving the hose. He's got guys running downstairs like James and cleaning the next set of tips and pumping barrels into the tanks and like making sure everything is streamlined so he can keep going because he has the most important job. He's running the combine. And and I think every roofing crew is that way. You've got, especially in Conklin, you have one guy who's the most talented, everybody thinks, and he looks like he's getting all of the work done. He's running the combine. <laughs> but then you have a whole team around him that's just making him shine. And without that team... He'd be so frustrated. He'd have to get out of the combine, take the take, take the, the tractor yeah, yeah. and the trailer and go unload it and then get in the semi and haul it over. I mean, he wouldn't be able to have any kind of production. So, so good. I love it. That was that was gold. It's great. That's awesome. Everybody has a role to get to the end goal. Yep. Yep. Well, <clears throat> as uh, usually happens on this podcast, we have more questions than time so um we will uh have to try to book you in again sometime because i know there's a million other things we could we could get into you with you but when, i know uh you are kind of catching you in between uh uh corn parts here so uh, we don't want to keep you too long <laughs> 
Um, so I'm going to transition into our uh, lightning round, which is just uh, some quick questions that I'll ask you as, as quick as you can answer them. Um, but what is the, uh, so starting out with number one, what's the number one thing that uh, you think any business owner needs to know? I think every business owner needs to know their numbers. Um, what is their profit and loss? Uh, where is their margin? Um, what task are they doing that's the most profitable? I think as uh, business owners and leaders, we spend a lot of time doing maintenance and doing this task and doing that task instead of saying, what do I need to do to go make money? Um, what do I need to do to get the job done, to keep the team moving? And I think that's what we have to focus on is, is our tasks and on our numbers. Yeah, that's great. Um, what do you think the best thing uh, you can do to find new customers is? I think every business is uh, different. I believe uh, mm. word of mouth. Uh, you know, whether I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily a roofer, uh, I'm in farming, but I think when we talk to people, people light up. When we uh, try to figure out how we can help people, I think there's a lot of value in that. So I believe word of mouth is whether we're, we're farmers looking for new growers that need help um, or whether we're uh, roofers looking for new customers to, to help them with their roofs. I think word of mouth um, is old fashioned, uh, but I think it's a really awesome way to connect and to help. Awesome. People. I agree. How do you stop competing on price? Um, you know, it's one of those things, quality, uh, in my opinion, often offsets price. I got a, a price, uh, just yesterday, uh, on seed, uh, you know, we, last year we bought all of our seed for about $220 a unit, um, uh, a bag of seed plant three acres. Uh, this year, uh, the first price I've gotten was $270. And, uh, so it's one of those things. The question is what's the quality of that product? Uh, I was looking at a specific product, a specialty product. And I think if we uh, are willing to look at the value of that product, I think the price is kind of, you know, I hate to say irrelevant, um, but it's one of those things that I'm willing to invest in a better product, a better seed uh, than the cheaper seed uh, so that I can get a better yield and a better harvest next year. That's great. What is uh, a favorite tool or system you use uh, for managing all that you do? Um, <laughs> so I, I've got this wonderful thing, uh, called a notepad and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, an Apple, yeah. uh, notepad or Microsoft, all these fun things. I, I use a good old fashioned, uh, legal pad. I've, I've got it right here with me. You can see, I got a cross drawn, drawn right in the middle of it. And I use what I call the quadrant system. And, uh, in one quadrant, I have uh, things I need to do today. Uh, in another quadrant, I have people I need to call, uh, and, uh, down, uh, to the bottom right, I got a quadrant called projects. So things that maybe necessarily don't need a lot of work today, but things I need to think about, uh, and keep in the front of my mind, whether it's a new, uh, contractor I'm working with, whether it's a new grower, uh, we're doing this road project in town. Uh, the legal pad keeps me grounded. Um, when I'm trying to form a new habit, I'll put a list of, uh, across the front. Like right now I've got. Uh, 7 a.m. Uh, is, is one of my things on there. I'm trying to be at the farm every day at 7 a.m. Uh, so I can get ahead of the guys uh, by 30 minutes and just have some equipment ready for them so that when they get here, we can move quicker. Uh, you know, another one of those things that I've got on there right now, I'm embarrassing to say it, but it's supplements. 
I, I need a reminder to take my uh, supplements every day because sometimes I get in a hurry and I don't get that done. So uh, the legal pad to me is the grounder. Um, I can rip it off. I can start fresh. Um, and I can stay focused uh, throughout my day and throughout my week. Tip. So that's something you're doing every day. You're you're making a new uh, quadrant for every day. So th there's two parts to it. Uh, on my big notepad, I actually do it once a week, uh, and you know that way I actually go through and I write down what's my schedule this week. What do I have on this day, this day, this day? Um, and I look at my calendar. That way I'm kind of paying good attention to it. And then I actually carry a, uh, a little blue notebook. I've seen it many times. Um, and in that notebook, I actually, I, I do the exact same thing, uh, but on a smaller scale. In that notebook, some of the quadrants change. One of those quadrants is actually the, the CWH quadrant. And uh, that way I got a list of things that I need to run past him or, or touch base with him on uh, just to keep focused because it's one of those things. You guys know how it is. You, you get super busy. Um, I, I love it when people bring things back up to me more than once, uh, because, you know, you forget to write it down and, you know, you, you get all the way through the day and you're like, oh man, I was just called Warren back at eight o'clock, uh, this morning and, and that didn't happen. So, uh, the, the notebook and the notepad are, are definitely the love two it. things that keep me that's, focused and grounded. That's great. Great tip. Um, what is your favorite book for business or self-development? Probably uh, is a book that I just read, uh, and that's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, it, it's uh, I'm a slow learner, uh, and so Rod, uh, my good friend Rod Livesey, I, I look forward to when you guys get him on the podcast. He shared with me over and over and over again. I said, Rod, what can I do to get better? You need to read this book. What can I do to get better? You need to read this book. And uh, it's one of those things. The book was written so long ago. Uh, and, and I love history, so I think that part of the book is really kind of important, uh, is the history and the people he's talking about in it. Uh, but there's lots of little tasks in there. I think it's a really good book that everybody should read or yep. listen to it on Audible. Yep, that's a great one. So That's great. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's well, I, I just want to say thank you guys uh, for your time uh, on the podcast here today. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit. I look forward, uh, you know, I, I look forward to getting back on again and listening to your guys' podcast. You know, it's one of those things I think – uh, the more we stay focused and the more that we kind of work on different tasks, uh, the better it can help us uh, go vertical. And uh, I look forward to, to touching base with you guys in the future. Yeah, awesome. We appreciate your time. Um, real quick, is there is there a good way if, if anybody wanted to reach out to you about farming or anything you've talked about, wanted more info? Um, is there a good way people get in touch on Facebook or any other Well, just, uh, just like my notepad here, I'm old-fashioned. Uh, you can shoot me a call or give me a text. Uh, my phone number is 402-801-1779. Um, if there's any way I can serve you in the Conklin Company or there's any way I can help you in farming, um, I look forward to doing that. And uh, with that, the, the green card's pulling up here, uh, so I'm going to have to check out, guys. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate thank you, man. You. Hey, thank just, you, guys. Uh, hey, if you, don't, if you don't mind, just keep your phone on and stay on the call for a second while it uploads. Um, but you otherwise, yep. we'll... Yeah, we'll wrap it up here. So, Hey, sounds great. Thank you so much, Nick, and thank you so much, Warren. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate thank you, man. You. you bet, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yep, you too. Thank you. Um, wow, that was awesome. That was a great conversation. That was, that was right on. That was I love cool. that. Yep. Well, cool. listeners, uh, as usual, we couldn't do this without you, so thank you so much for... Uh, staying uh, 
in tune with us and and uh, listening every week um love uh seeing you guys and and your comments and stuff so please keep uh commenting and uh reach out if you got any questions or any feedback we'd love to hear from you uh make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're at and until next time let's go vertical let's go We'll be right back.